Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Therapy Chat Podcast, episode 344. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. This week's episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now, for all you prescribers out there... Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Use coupon code CHAT or click the link in the show notes to get two free months at therapynotes.com. This episode is sponsored by the Receptionist for iPad. It's the highest rated digital check-in software for therapy offices and behavioral health clinics used by thousands of practitioners across the country. Sign up for a 14-day free trial of The Receptionist for iPad by going to thereceptionist.com slash therapy chat. And when you do, you'll also receive a $25 Amazon gift card. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan. Oh, man. Summer is flying by. We're halfway through August. It's been a complete blur for me. I've just been running around everywhere. But today I had a very cool experience which was I interviewed Brad Kammer, who is the training director for the Neuroeffective Relational Model, also called NARM. And we had an awesome conversation about developmental trauma, which I cannot wait to share with you. That'll be coming out in October. And I've got some amazing other guests lined up for you. I mean, I am so excited about what's coming up this fall and we're into January with um, the episodes that I've been busy recording this summer. And there's one that's so exciting, but I'm not going to tell you about it until it's done because I don't want to put it out there and then, you know, something might happen to interfere with us recording. So let me just say that there is a guest who I've wanted to have on the podcast ever since it started and they have agreed And it's someone who I admire so much. I just cannot wait to tell you. And I'm not trying to be coy. I just don't want to uh, speak too soon. But 
I'll be able to tell you about that in maybe another month. In the meantime, I've been working really hard with my friend and colleague, Erica Shershon, LMFT, to record our pre-work and some of the recorded content for our sexual healing sexual trauma course that's going to go live next month in September. So if you're interested in that, go to healingsexualtrauma.com and sign up for Erica's email list and you'll receive a free copy of her ebook called The Many Ways to Ground that has a bunch of different somatic practices related to trauma and healing. And you'll be notified as soon as registration goes live for the course. So we're really, really excited about bringing that to you. It's something that people have been asking for for a long time and finally able to devote the time to putting it together. And having a partner certainly makes that easier. So today I'm bringing you a replay episode It's an oldie but goodie. It's just me talking about vicarious trauma and secondary traumatic stress. I was very fortunate, thanks to my friend Deb Delvecchio Scully, to be able to hear in person from another person I highly regard, Laura Vandernoot Lipsky, who's the author of Trauma Stewardship. So I recorded this episode after attending her workshop, and I was so inspired and moved by what she shared, and I wanted to share it with you. If you are in a helping profession, or basically if you're living through these times, you have probably had some trauma exposure, whether it's happened directly to you or someone you care about or you witnessed it happening to someone, even if you didn't know them. You will have a lot of beneficial information in this episode, so I hope you'll enjoy it. This is part one, and part two next week will be my interview with Laura Vandernew Lipsky, so can't wait to bring you that. And then in September, we're going to get started with fresh episodes. It's going to be very thrilling because there's so much great stuff. I just cannot wait to share it with you. So until then... Thank you for listening. Be well, and I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Today, I'm going to be talking about a topic which is really important for therapy professionals to be aware of. And it's something that also affects any first responder, whether you are a nurse, physician, firefighter, EMS, or anyone who works directly with people who are suffering, you're going to want to listen to this episode. I'm talking about vicarious trauma and secondary traumatic stress. So let me start off by telling you that yesterday I was in Connecticut and I had the privilege and honor to listen to a woman speak who is unbelievable. Her name is Laura Vandernoot Lipsky. And she is the founder of the Trauma Stewardship Institute and author of the book, Trauma Stewardship. She was on a TED Talk that's had so far over 6 million views. She's amazing. And what is so amazing about her is that she has worked with survivors of trauma for over 20 years, and she's found a way to bring joy to this work and help other professionals perform their work joyfully. It's really unusual in the field of trauma. People who work with survivors of trauma are doing some really tough work, 
And it's a gift to be able to walk with someone through their recovery after experiencing traumatic events. Professionally, it's the highlight of my life. It's something that I feel so privileged to be able to participate in, but it does take a toll on us. Let me just back up a little bit and talk about what vicarious trauma, also known as secondary traumatic stress, is. Now, some people describe vicarious trauma and secondary traumatic stress as two different things. For the purpose of this episode, I'm just going to use those two terms interchangeably because what I'm referring to hearing about other people's traumatic experiences affects us. It also refers to how we are affected by intervening in traumatic situations where we are not the primary person affected by the trauma. So for example, if a police officer encounters a child who's been hurt, it wasn't you who was hurt, but you're there to help them and it affects you too. Therapists who work with survivors of trauma, we bear witness to our client's stories. We may hear several horrifying stories throughout a given day, and we need to be aware that that has an impact on us too. When I started in this work, I thought that if I were strong and a good professional, I wouldn't be affected by hearing traumatic stories or seeing traumatic things. But that's silly. Everyone is affected in some way by experiencing or witnessing human suffering. The very empathy that we bring to our work, where we try to put ourselves into someone else's shoes and understand what that was like for them, is what makes it potentially harmful to us to hear those stories. So my message here is not that doing trauma work is a bad thing. In fact, it's such a very good thing. It's such an honorable thing. It's brave. It's important. I want to make the world a better place. And I know some people might laugh at that and say, get over yourself. But every person can do their part to make the world a better place. And the way that I try to do that is in my work with people who've experienced trauma. So now getting back to vicarious trauma and secondary traumatic stress. Repeated exposure to traumatic material takes a toll on people who do this work. So what can we do about it? Laura Vandernoot Lipsky yesterday in speaking to a group of professionals about her work with trauma stewardship talks about small ways that we can lessen the impact of hearing about traumatic experiences in our work. Now, if you remember in episode number 22, when I interviewed Ashley Davis Bush, author of Simple Self-Care for Therapists, She talked about micro self-care, small things that we can do throughout a day to increase our self-care that take minutes. And that's what Laura Vandernoot Lipsky is talking about too. She speaks about mindfully checking in with yourself throughout a day to find out how you're feeling, what's happening in your body, and having an intention about using positive coping methods like, am I numbing? And what Laura said is, it's not really a question of if you're numbing, it's how much are you numbing? Because we all do it, all humans. So if you look at it like that and you just ask yourself, when am I numbing? Why am I numbing? How am I using numbing? I'll give you a great example. Facebook. I can get sucked into Facebook so easily for an hour. An hour of time is gone. And it's not like I did nothing because I'm interacting with people, but it's completely a way to avoid some unpleasant emotion, some uncomfortable feeling that I don't like that I'm having. Other ways that we can numb are eating. I have definitely struggled to overcome comfort eating when I feel stressed. So it's kind of like this quick thing. You feel anxious or sad. The feeling comes really quickly without much thought. You have 
some food in your hand and you're eating that to make that uncomfortable feeling go away. So what Laura Vandernut Lipsky says is just notice it, be aware of it. Not if, but when you do it, try to offset it by doing something positive or make small changes in your life. Like asking yourself, can I spend less time numbing today? Let me try spending 10 minutes less on numbing. But one thing that Laura Vandernut Lipsky really hit home with for me yesterday is when she was talking about taking time, she said 12 minutes to an hour, six days a week to move your body, break a sweat. So not just walking in the woods or the park, but running or, you know, using an elliptical, doing jumping jacks, push-ups wind sprints. I mean, there's a million things you can do. Riding a bike, things that really get your heart rate up for at least 12 minutes, six days a week. And one of the things I struggle with is making time to work out. But she challenged us that if you can't do it, what are you doing that's getting in your way? And I knew right away, I make myself so busy that I don't give myself time to work out. But when I work out, I feel so great. And when I don't work out, I feel so crappy. And it's not about body image or weight loss. Emotionally, I feel great when I work out. In fact, every time I work out, I'm like, huh, I want to do that again soon. (laughs) But when I'm not working out regularly... If I work out for two days in a row, I'm like, I want to do this every day. But if I don't work out for two days in a row, I'm like, oh, working out is so hard. I can't make time for it. I'm just too busy. But I'm self-employed. I make my own schedule. So why am I shortchanging myself on something that is so good for my mind? Vicarious trauma and secondary traumatic stress are so insidious. Their effects usually aren't noticed until something dramatic happens. This might be that you feel exhausted and you can't get out of bed. You might be getting sick all the time. You might be feeling totally overwhelmed, feeling stuck, filled with self-doubt, feeling numb. And I'm not talking about the numbing I mentioned earlier, where we're just avoiding our feelings in a moment. I'm talking about you don't feel feelings or the only feelings you feel are rage or despair or hopelessness. So we owe it to ourselves and to the people we help to take care of our vicarious trauma and secondary traumatic stress. So how can we do this? Well, as Laura Vandernut Lipsky said, exercise 12 minutes or more, six days a week. I'm going to do that. I'm telling the world right now here on this podcast that I'm going to make time to work out at least 12 minutes, six days a week, starting with today. And I have a head start because I already went to the gym this morning. But it was that commitment I made to myself after hearing her talk yesterday that made me get out of bed and go take a kickboxing class this morning. And I felt so great. I was so glad I did it. When I was in the class, which was grueling, and I was watching that clock like a hawk, I said to myself, you know, time goes by. An hour can fly by when I'm on Facebook. This hour is going by slow. (laughs) But you know what? If I were sitting home and scrolling through Facebook for that hour, I didn't gain nearly as much from that, or I wouldn't gain nearly as much from that as I did from that hour at the gym. And I feel strong. I feel physically strong. I feel mentally strong. I feel emotionally strong. I think about the things I want to get done today. And I'm like, yeah, I can do that. So starting with exercise, that's the first thing I'm going to do differently. So how can we take care of our vicarious trauma and secondary traumatic stress? How can we lessen the impact of hearing and seeing traumatic things that happen to other people? 
in our work. Regular exercise. Another thing that comes with trauma is isolation. You know, it can be a nice thing to be like, I'm so proud that I do something that other people can't do. When you work with trauma, if you're an ICU nurse or someone who works with hospice care or someone who works in a sexual assault crisis center or domestic violence shelter or someone who helps immigrants and refugees or works with children who've been abused, there's so many different ways that we can work with trauma, being a firefighter, police officer, nurse, doctor, so many ways. Running a group private practice has been a challenging and rewarding experience. And one thing that has made it so much easier is Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. If you're coming from another EHR, like I did, Therapy Notes makes the transition incredibly easy, importing your demographic data free of charge so you can get going right away. My team has found Therapy Notes very easy to learn. It's intuitive. The customer support is second to none. And that's one of the things that has kept me a Therapy Notes customer for several years now. Anytime I've needed to contact Therapy Notes for help with an issue I couldn't figure out on my own, I've been able to get through to someone and resolve the issue within 15 minutes, 99% of the time. Find out what more than 100,000 mental health professionals already know. Try Therapy Notes for two months absolutely free. Just click on the link in the show notes or enter the promo code chat at therapynotes.com. Therapists, has this ever happened to you? You're sitting with a client in the thick of a therapy session, fully focused on the important work that's happening between you and the client. Suddenly, 30 minutes into the session, from down the hall, you hear the door to your office suite open. You and your current client were the only people in the suite, but now someone has come in. You're distracted from your current client as your anxiety shoots through the roof. Is it your new client who's scheduled to meet with you in 30 minutes? But your current session has 20 more minutes to go, and you don't want to interrupt this client's process to go check on who's there. Are they wandering through the suite looking for a receptionist? Is it a delivery person here to drop off a package that needs a signature? Are they about to come knocking on the therapy room door? Is it your neighbor from across the hall dropping off a piece of your mail that was left at their address? You hear the door close. Did they leave? This has happened to me so many times over the years. As I anxiously anticipated the session with the new client, I would worry they were feeling anxious or abandoned because they weren't greeted when they got to the office. Now you don't have to worry, and your clients can relax too, knowing that you have a discreet, stress-free way for them to check in when they arrive for their appointment. The receptionist for iPad is a simple, inexpensive way to allow your clients to discreetly check in, to notify providers of a patient's arrival, and to ensure your front lobby is stress-free. The software sends an immediate notification to the therapist when a client checks in and can even ask if any patient information has changed since their last visit. Sign up for a 14-day free trial of The Receptionist for iPad by going to thereceptionist.com slash therapy chat. And when you do, you'll also receive a $25 Amazon gift card. And when we do that work and you go to a party and you, you meet a new person and They ask, so what do you do? And you tell them, and nine times out of 10, the reaction is, wow, I can't imagine doing that work. That's amazing. You're so brave. Or how do you do that? It seems like that would be really hard. And it is hard. And there's pride in being able to do that. There's pride in being able to be someone who turns toward someone who needs help instead of running away when there's something terrible happening. So in some ways, it removes us from everybody else because we do work that other people don't feel like they could do. And it can be isolating because other people don't understand what it's like to do this work. 
And when you're feeling really run down, it might seem I'm holding all these stories and I can't tell anyone about it because it's confidential, but I feel like nobody understands how I feel. It's almost like a parallel between what it feels like for the person who's experienced trauma. I work with people who've experienced usually childhood abuse, neglect, emotional neglect, not having their emotional needs met. And that is a great example of human suffering. Clients often say, I've never really talked about this with anyone because no one would understand. So when we have been affected by secondary traumatic stress, we feel like nobody will understand. No one wants to listen. And it can really be a barrier to us seeking help and connection when we're hurting from our work. But connection is one of the most healing remedies there is for the isolation of being affected by trauma. So I'm going to go over some of the signs of vicarious trauma so that everybody knows really what I'm talking about here. And if any of these affect you, and if you've been working with people who've experienced trauma for any length of time, you can bet that some of them will affect you. This came from the American Counseling Association fact sheet on vicarious trauma, and I'll have a link to this fact sheet in my show notes. Having difficulty talking about your feelings, feeling diminished joy towards things you once enjoyed, feeling trapped by your work, having a limited range of emotions, but anger and irritation are always present, having an exaggerated startle reflex, like just feeling jumpy, easily startled, intrusive thoughts of client stories, nightmares that are not your own trauma story, but something you've heard, feelings of hopelessness. And that could be just hopelessness, like what's the point? Life sucks. Or that could be hopelessness in work, like why am I even trying? This problem is so big. Helping one person is just a drop of water in the ocean. I've said those exact words myself in the past before I understood the impact of vicarious trauma. Trouble sleeping, thinking, worrying about clients when you're not at work. Exhaustion, problems with intimacy and your intimate relationships. Are you withdrawing from your spouse or partner? Conflict with other staff? Gossiping at work? Poor quality work relationships? Avoiding working with clients who've experienced trauma? Feeling withdrawn and isolated from your colleagues? Feeling like you're the only one who cares about this issue and everyone else just is oblivious? Feeling impatient? Overworking? Apathy? Questioning your worldview. So when you have a change in your worldview, like you used to see things as, you know, overall people are good. The world is a safe place. And now you feel like there's so many bad people in the world. There's no way to prevent the danger that's inevitable. Feeling detached, poor self-image, low job motivation, or over-involvement in work, perfectionism. So I imagine if you work with trauma, some of those things probably ring true. I know I have been affected by some of those, as I mentioned, at various points. And it's okay. It's the trauma. It's not you. But it's important for you to attend to it. Because if you ignore the impact of trauma, it continues to affect you. And it starts to affect your work with clients, or whoever you help, whoever you work with. As I said, it's insidious, and it starts to creep into other areas of your life. And it can lead to burnout. And burnout is a career ender. And that's tragic, because we need people who care about helping. Together, we do make this world a better place. What I love about Laura Vander Newt Lipsky's work is that 
her perspective always holds on to hope. And so I feel like she's really a great living example of someone who works to offset the effects of doing trauma work so that she will be well and that she can work to make the world a better place. And we all can do that. So things that she talks about in her work that will make a difference are mindful presence, focusing on the breath. You can always use the breath to regulate yourself. So that's where you just take deep breaths. You can take a deep breath in, counting to five, and a deep breath out, counting to five. Just do that mindfully for one minute. Everybody has one minute. And with mindful presence, you're aware that we only have this moment. We don't have to worry about what's next or what was before. It's just this time right now. That's what we have in life. Then second point that she emphasizes is exercise, as I said before. 12 minutes to an hour of moving your body in a way that breaks a sweat. She also talks about how sitting is not good for your body. And so if you can have a stand-up desk, a walking desk, she didn't say this specifically, but I also think that sitting on an exercise ball instead of a chair is a nice way to have some movement in your body if you have to sit down. And for those of you who are therapists who are listening, we sit down all day long. And the third piece to overcoming the effects of vicarious trauma is connection, cultivate connection. How do we do that? Well, for me, I think you start by connecting with yourself, and that's through mindful presence, emotional attunement to yourself. What am I feeling? And then once you're connected with yourself, you can connect with the people around you, your spouse, your children, if you have them, your friends. She also talks about doing things that enrich your life that don't have to do with your work. What do you love? I've been saying I was going to take a ceramics class and take horseback riding lessons for at least five years. And I haven't done it. So if I'm really walking my talk, then I should be doing those things. And I'm going to make an intention to bring those into my life because I know I want to do those things. I'm not promising you that I'm going to work out six days a week and take ceramics classes and horseback riding lessons every week too, because that's setting myself up for failure. But I'm going to make an intention that I'm going to find out about a ceramics class. Spring is coming. It's a good time to start horseback riding lessons. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of talk about the positive effects of being around horses. And that's why I want to do that. So you'll probably hear me talking in the future about how great it is to be around horses and how much I've gained from my horseback riding lessons. I hope so. So the four main points I'm going to make about how to overcome vicarious trauma are one, increase your mindful presence and focus on the breath. Two, increase your exercise. Do you think you can make time to work out 12 to 60 minutes, six times a week? Three, connection. Connection with yourself, your colleagues, your partner, your family, your friends. That's the opposite of isolation. It's very healing. And then the fourth thing is cultivating creativity and joy through those things that you love doing, things that really nurture your soul. Spirituality can be part of that. Actually, I'm going to add, and this is definitely part of trauma stewardship, making meaning. For me, I hear a lot of stories of suffering, and some of them make me feel very sad. But I know that I have an impact in the individual's lives who I work with. And I know that how I live 
is my small slice of making the world a better place. By working with people who've been abused, it's what I can do to make a difference in the violence in the world that troubles me so much. By doing this podcast, I can talk to more people and I can share information that might help more people. So that's what it's all about. I mean, what is life? So I hope that by listening today, you've learned something more about vicarious trauma and secondary traumatic stress. Maybe you've begun to understand its impact on you, or maybe you've been able to set an intention for yourself about how you would like to attend to your own needs and make sure that you're addressing the impact of this important work we do. Stay tuned for me to talk about an opportunity for professional consultation for therapists to prevent or lessen the impact of vicarious trauma. I'll be talking more about that in the future. And I'll be telling you all about how great I feel with my six days per week of working out. Hopefully you found some inspiration here. Thanks for listening to Therapy Chat. Thank you to Therapy Notes for sponsoring this week's episode. I do love Therapy Notes. It's such an asset to my business and makes my job as a practice owner and a therapist much easier. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. Use coupon code CHAT or click the link in the show notes to get two free months at therapynotes.com. This episode is sponsored by the Receptionist for iPad. It's the highest rated digital check-in software for therapy offices and behavioral health clinics used by thousands of practitioners across the country. Sign up for a 14-day free trial of the Receptionist for iPad by going to thereceptionist.com slash therapy chat. And when you do, you'll also receive a $25 Amazon gift card. Thank you for listening to Therapy Chat with your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information, please visit therapychatpodcast.com. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Thank <laughs> you.